Welcome back to Rise and Rouse, the podcast for people who give a damn. I'm your host, Erin Alkid, social impact strategist and equity champion. Today, I am joined by the incredible Courtney Daniel. She is an award-winning administrative professional through her business, the Courtney Daniel Brand. She also serves as the vice chair of WSCA Portsmouth Community Radio and sits on the advisory panel for Arts and Reach. Our conversation is a freewheeling exploration of all the ins and outs of community building and fostering equity. Courtney also shares her experience launching the Know to Patterns podcast and event series, as well as the online resource that she created featuring BIPOC business owners, change makers, and supporters from all walks of life. She's an absolute tour de force, and you're going to love this episode. Thank you so much to Courtney Daniel for joining me on the Rise and Rouse podcast today. Courtney, I've been looking forward to this conversation for so long. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. So we originally met at a Feminist Oasis event, if you remember that. And I brought a whole bunch of blackberries <laughs> to, to offer for the like event. And that became my nickname after that. <laughs> It did. Did you want me to share? Sure, sure. <laughs> so, so normally at events, um, I don't usually go to the table, but today that well, that particular day, I went to the table and I saw some blackberries, and I was like, "Oh, those are nice sized blackberries. Let me try some." And oh my goodness, the little plat plate that I had, I filled it up with blackberries, and then I went on to seek the person who brought the blackberries. <laughs> Come to find out, it was Erin who brought the blackberries. So after that, I nicknamed her Erin Blackberry All Day. <laughs> so now everything, so ever since I've seen Erin since then is Dr. Blackberry, Miss Blackberry. Everything is Blackberry and it's all good. I have very few nicknames and that's one of my favorites. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And you're just, it was, and that was such a lovely event to meet at too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely miss the days of those events because yeah. they were always so much fun. But you have like just gone on to like, since I've known you, you're such a powerhouse and you've gone to, on to just do so many things. So I'm excited to talk about all that today. Um, so I'll just read a little bit of your bio and then I'll let you share a little bit more about yourself too. So Courtney is a nationally recognized, award-winning administrative professional at the Courtney Daniel brand, and her dedication and ability to build relationships have afforded her the opportunity to work with top-name celebrities in the industry. Um, her desire to create value in her community has also led to creating No to Patterns podcast and an online resource featuring BIPOC business owners, change makers, and supporters of change. She serves as the vice chair of WSCA Portsmouth Community Radio and on the advisory panel for Arts and Reach. And she believes that dancing and hitting the gym is the secret sauce to self-care, which I love that so much. Do you want to add anything to that? No, I think that's great. That kind of sums up my life. It's, I mean, I think it's like a snippet of your life, though, Mm because you really are someone who does so many different things for the community. You do so many different things in your professional life. You're helping everybody around you all the time, constantly. You have three kids. I know that you're like schlepping to all sorts of like (laughs) basketball events and things like that, too. I feel like half the time I talk to you, you're on the sidelines of, of some sporting event. Yeah, this is so true. Um, just being able to, you know, I, I, when I first got into 
the Uber mom. That's what I call myself. Uh, <laughs> so I'm Uber mom. And when I first started out doing it, it was like, you know, like, what am I doing? What did I sign up for? You know, it's like I'm all over the place. They have a life after school and so do I. So it was just trying to see how I can incorporate um, my schedule and their schedule at the same time while getting them there on time in three different places. Right. So we figured it out. You know, we their dad and I, we would just divide and conquer. And, you know, sometimes we would miss events. So we would switch off. So if if dad went to one of the son's event, then it was my turn. So that's how we've been able to kind of keep the basketball thing going, where we were able to um, make sure that we attend at least one of their games or two of their games. But in reference to like activities, now I'm just full swing uh, I feel like I'm just the expert in, in reference to Uber momming. And <laughs> actually, I'm about to retire that title probably soon because my oldest two are getting their license. And I am, that's another added layer to um, parenthood is when your kids are now on the road. But I'm excited. It was, it has been a great experience. Most of the time we have conversations in the car, which is something that I'm going to miss because in the mornings when I take them to school and when I pick them up, you know, we have those, how was your day? You know, what happened today? What were you excited about? Uh, so I'm going to miss that. But for the most part, I'm just happy to have have experienced the time that I had with them in the car and um, just to hear their stories and just to see them grow, like from babies to adult young men. <laughs> so you've got to be so, I'm sure, like thrilled to have them out driving on their own, like to just be able to like give up a little bit of that, like and reclaim some of that time. And also that's probably got to be, you're saying like, that's hard. It's hard to like watch that transition happen. Right. When I know it's coming. Um, I don't think it's something that you can prepare for. Um, just like my oldest, who is in, he's going to be a senior this year. And I started having conversations with other parents as to how they uh, let go. You know, what happens? Um, do you start preparing now at, in the 11th grade for your senior to get ready to graduate and go off to college? Uh, what does that look like? And those conversations that I would have in the beginning, um, I would just tear up. I couldn't even get the sentence out, you know, because it was so emotional for me to even think about now I have one that's going off to college. Like, oh, no, I'm not ready. But I just started to channel that energy differently and say, how can I support him? So when he does go off to college, he makes sure he has everything that he needs so that he can feel great about the experience. Although mom is at home in some in a tissue box. Um, so it's just like, you know, just trying to rechannel that and not think so bad about it because I want him to be able to experience the life of a college student. Yeah. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk about was just that you're doing so many different things too. And I don't, I don't want to dwell perhaps like on the busyness part of things because I think that it does a disservice to kind of talk about like, oh, well, here's how we, how we balance it all. But I want to hear like what is driving you, I guess, to do all of the different things that you do. And I'd love to hear about like a lot of the no to patterns, you know, events and a little bit more about and just share for folks like what no to patterns is and, you know, what has been kind of this driving force behind all of this work that you're doing, especially in the community. For me, it's been more so of recognizing a need and an opportunity to create. I'm just being a creative. I'm always full of ideas. I'm always full of ways to 
implement new things that people may be attracted to. And for me, I'm not afraid to try it. You know, I say I'll try it at least once instead of me regretting that I didn't try it. I will go out and try it if I fail. And if I feel like it's something that is so meaningful, I'm going to try again and continue to try until it's successful. And I want to define success because most people have different definitions. For me, success could look like getting out of the bed in the morning and being able to get dressed, Mm. right? Um, That's success. Some people may not be able to do that on a daily basis. Success for me may look like I was able to write a paper from start to finish. That is success. I think sometimes we get it mixed that everything has to be so big and grand and like, like over the top for you to feel like you've accomplished something. And for me, I've never thought of it that way. Again, if I have an idea that I wanted to, I can see the vision, I can visualize, I'm a visual person. So I visualize it already happening and then I work backwards, right? So I'm just like, hey, I already see this event happening. I want it to happen. I'm going to make it happen. Hmm. And that's pretty much how I how I just operate. Um, I've always been that way to you know, come up with the idea and I just want to see if it's going to work. And that could be the driving force for it is that just the creative opportunities and the creative ideas that come into my head. Um, I'm not afraid to try it and nor am I afraid to fail. Have you have you always been like that? Have you always felt like you weren't afraid to fail? Yeah, really? Yeah, absolutely. I'm just, you know, and I say, of of course, in the beginning, if I think about it and now it's kind of like I can write everything down. I can write it down. I have the outline. I have the everything that is going to make this thing go. And right before I hit go, it's kind of like that moment of, oh, my goodness, what am I doing? But I say, if I've already come this far, it's no turning back. So you need to push forward. You need to go forward so that you'll know if it will be a success or if you need to try again. So yeah, it has been something that's always been, I think, a part of my DNA is to try it once instead of live in that that space of regret. Yeah. I feel like I'm terrified half the time whenever I do something. So it's like refreshing to hear you say that. That Yeah, you're not afraid. You're not afraid to fail. And I've seen a lot of that, some of that like experimentation over the years, too, because you had started the cards and conversations. I would love to hear you talk a little bit about that because I loved that concept. I loved that all of the cool things you were doing in the world. So so since my TED talk and I revealed a lot of that uh, on my TED talk, Mm -hmm. people have been reaching out to me asking one about the card workshops, which is one that I'm going to bring back mm-hmm. um, because I've had a lot of um, interest in that. And that's one thing that I did enjoy is the space that allowed me to use my hands and create and being able to design cards and make something that was heartfelt for me. And I put love into it. And now I'm sending it out to someone. It felt so good for me to be able to do that and to add a handwritten message into it. Mm. I felt like that that was something that someone would cherish for a very long time, or it could be that reminder when they have a bad day, they can, they'll have something tangible that they could go back to and read this. So the cards and conversations will probably be rebirthing itself and coming back again, because I do like being in a space of creatives and just seeing if I give you a piece of paper and some colors and embellishments, 
what is it that you would come up with? That's what excites me the most is that I have my idea of how I can put this all together, but what can you come up with? And I remember I would always tell my students that this is your masterpiece. Hmm. This is not my masterpiece. I'm just here to give you a guide. And ultimately, you're going to create that work of art. And it's no right or wrong answer because this is how you're expressing yourself. So with that, that is one thing that I will bring back. Um, Now, I know that people have also been inquiring about um, me teaching Zumba. Um, (laughs) Not sure if I'm going to do that. Although I do love to dance, so I may do maybe a couple pop-ups. But, you know, as we mature as adults, our body matures as well, too. (laughs) So... (laughs) I'm learning that and I'm not trying to push the limits because I still want to be able to get up and try to keep up with my kids as Mm -hmm. much as possible, you know, without having to have a walker or a cane. (laughs) Um, But for me, I just I just enjoy doing what really makes me happy. And that's just the bottom line of it. If it's something that makes me happy, I'm going to try it. Mm -hmm. And that's how I've been able to put things into place and um, to lay it out, I would always kind of like write down a list of things that made me smile, the ones at the top of the list. And I also shared this in my talk as well, um, were designing, dancing, and radio. Mm-hmm. Those were the things that kind of like, like I could be there all day if I had time, but mm-hmm. of course I don't. So it's just being able to identify what really puts a smile on your face. And at the end of the day, you feel very good about one of those three things, any two things that you may have. We'll definitely make sure that we link to the TED Talk because I think people are going to be so excited to, to go listen to that. You know, one of the things you were saying before, you saw like a need in the community when it came to, and it, that seems to be like a guiding um, principle for you for sure. You said you, you know, that's what what led you to start like no to patterns. Do you mind just sharing a little bit more about that and like what what you see in this community that you were like let's let's address this and like start to to make some headway here? Sure. When I first moved here, I know I would spend days online searching for um, BIPOC business owners or any type of networking event that may be for like women-owned businesses or, you know, um, Black-owned businesses or anything that related to me because I wanted to feel like a sense of belonging, which I did not feel when I first moved here. Um, Because one, I didn't see anyone who looked like me. So it didn't sink in. You know, it's like, okay, I'm in a new place. You don't know to just kind of like immediately identify that you don't see people who look like you. But this kind of stuck out. Coming from Atlanta to here, it was like, oh boy, yes, this is totally different. You're on new grounds. But just taking that in and like, how can I turn this into a positive? So if I'm here, just moved here, and I'm looking for BIPOC business owners, or I'm looking for resources on how to connect and network and maybe talk to someone to see they may be able to share what the lay of the land is. I didn't have that. So I said, you know what, I'll create that resource for someone who may be looking to move to New Hampshire or maybe looking to move to the area. They can now use this as a resource where they can get some type of communication or some type of activity so that they'll know, hey, it is people here who look like me. It is people here who are very successful. Let me listen to their stories. Then I may be able to encourage that person to stay. A couple years, I would come and, you know, we would have conversations. We would meet 
families and be so excited about meeting this family because we felt a connection. And and not all of them were uh, families of color. It was kind of like half and half. They would say, oh, we're moving. And I was like, oh my gosh, like you, we just got here. We just met you. We, we, uh, we're fond of you. And now you're leaving. We, I started to ask, I started to ask like, why are all these families that I'm meeting are leaving? And most of them had one thing in common. And it was mostly that, um, the lack of resources that were here for people of color and, um, what to do. Like it's nothing to do. So say, for instance, if I came here for a job, I would go to my job. And then after my job, where's my life? Like, what do I do after that? Is it any type of social clubs, any type of events that I can go to like jazz or or whatever, whatever I'm interested in? Um, They didn't see that. Most of them was driving to Boston, which is the same thing that we were doing. We were driving to Boston to get this this fix, Mm -hmm. uh, per se, of being around people who look like you. So you don't have to kind of explain. You could just be. You could just go and be yourself and have a good time. And then you drive back to New Hampshire. But it's only so much that you could do of that. You know, it's only so much that you want to do of that because you're still going outside of your community. So how can I bring these resources in my community? And if they are in my community, how can I let people know that they're here in the community? Know the Patterns was, it started out as an idea that I kind of came up with in the shower one day. I was just <laughs> like, oh, Know the Patterns. Okay, Know the Patterns. What would I do with that name? So for like a couple of years, I just held on to that, but it continued to repeat in my mind, like No to Patterns, No to Patterns. And I'm just like, I'm stuck on this name. I don't know what I'm going to use it for yet, but this name is is catchy. So here we are, fast forward. It is now a resource for the BIPOC community, for change leaders and those who support BIPOC business owners and those who are creating change in the community. And for me, it's all about let's share your stories. We're sharing the stories. And one thing I like to make clear too, we share our stories, but I try not to focus more on the challenges. Uh, everyone has a challenge, regardless if you're green, purple, black, white. Everyone has a challenge. I don't want that to be the platform for me. I want, to be, want you to be able to know that, hey, we all have a common challenge, but how do you now overcome that or what what you were faced with? What is it that you had inside of you that said, I am not going to give up. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to continue to push forward no matter how many obstacles may come my way. What am I going to do and how am I sharing this story to help someone else? So um, that's pretty much, that is what Know the Patterns is, just having these conversations and just highlighting or talking about things that we normally don't have a conversation about. And it's a space where people can agree to disagree. We're adults. Um, You don't have to agree with me. I don't have to agree with you, but there is an understanding. There is an understanding of how I feel about a situation and there's an understanding about how you feel about a, a situation. And when you share those, I think it is it's a, a moment of bonding, if that sounds kind of kind of weird, you know, but it's a moment of bonding because now, you know, if I were to see this person in the community, I know how they feel. I know who they are. I know where they stand. And we can still communicate. We can still interact with one another. And it's not like, you know, you're trying to avoid me. You're trying to avoid this person. It's like how now we take these two different opinions, but we can still build something here. Hmm. We can still build something. We can still make something happen. 
as before, I didn't know you. Now I do. And I understand you so I can respect you more and, and what you're trying to do in the community. So I'm so excited about where Know the Patterns is and where how far it has come. It was kind of like a COVID birth. And for me to be able to have the opportunity to have a panel, now moving from podcast to a panel discussion uh, where we're having this these conversations in person and the audience is able to interact with the panelists and, and ask these questions, I feel like that's a bigger connection and we're connecting those links. And now you can take what you've heard back to your sources or your family and, and maybe start a conversation about something you heard at one of the talks. It's very meaningful to me. And I feel like it's it's a great resource for New Hampshire to have, um, not just on the seacoast, but just reaching across New Hampshire that I feel is going to be very uh, vital to the community. It's so incredibly impactful to have this in the community like you, because there wasn't anything before. And it, I think to your point, like you're making visible literally the people who make up our community is <laughs> like one, but then you're also just making visible too, like some of the patterns that do exist within our within our the structure of our societies and things like that that folks are going through and like how they're overcoming all of that too and i i see it as being a when i think about kind of the theory of change my dorky consultant speak but like by like helping people to just be more aware and be more connected you can start to see those ripple effects like pretty pretty immediately i would imagine so i'm really excited i want to hear a little bit about some of the ripple effects you are seeing you know as a result of just of hosting those events, but then also like, what's the tidal wave that's coming after all those ripple effects? Like, what are we building to? (laughs) That's a good question. Uh, The one thing that I have seen is the opportunity for people to connect with others who they may not have necessarily connected with and just introducing them to a network, a network of people who are wanting to be active in the community and wanting to do great things. So now I am being introduced to maybe a business owner who may represent a BAPOC person, a community. And then now you have someone who is a supporter of change. And it's like, hey, how can I now take your skills and um, your story that has inspired me, how can I now help you? How can I help support you? Because I didn't know you were here. I didn't know where you were. You know, this is my first time meeting you. So it's like, I want to help. So how can I help you? So it's like making those connections of those people who really want to, but don't know what to do, don't know how to. And it's just giving them that little small starting point. And that's the introduction. So what's the big, what's the title wave then? I don't know. You know, know, hopefully I would love to be able to continue to grow know the patterns in the space of having these panel discussions. And one day it becomes a vital, vital part of the community and a much valued resource. I mean, I don't know, a TV show maybe. Oh, hells yeah. Yeah, you know, just a part of the, you know, New Hampshire Public Radio, maybe a show there. I mean, I don't know. Um, all things are possible, and I'm I'm open to I'm open to wherever it may go. But I just don't want it to lose its authenticity and how organic I like to build it because most of the time when I do the questions, they're organic. It's like. I'm asking questions based on you and what I've learned about you. 
And I do that intentionally instead of trying to ask a blanket question to everyone, unless it's something like what's in your playlist? Like, what are you listening to? <laughs> right. But for the most part, I try to target the questions to each person because I want to know about you and every question does not fit everyone. But if I ask this question, it may strike an idea in the other panelists head and like, hey, you know what? I've experienced that as well, too. Here's how I can help. So I um, just wanted to keep it as organic as possible and just, you know, just to keep that vibe that I'm all about the vibe and the energy. And I feel when you present, that's another great connector is the energy that you feel before you even open the mouth. Well, one, I want you. Yeah, I'm so glad you said like TV show or an, an HPR show, because I'm like, let's just speak that shit into existence, Courtney. Yeah. Like, let's just <laughs> let's just make it happen. <laughs> let's just say it out loud. <laughs> and it's recorded. So now it has to happen. Yeah. So like <laughs> um, the playlist question is fantastic. I want to know what's on your playlist. Right now, um, I'm listening to a lot of um, so Killer Mike, he's from mm. Atlanta. So he just came out with a new album and I've been listening to that. And, you know, it's so funny. Oh, so my emotions are on remix right now. Mm -hmm. So I'll listen to Killer Mike and then I'll listen to my gospel. Mm -hmm. And then I will go and listen to like some R&B, like old school Luther Vandross and Anita Baker, Sade, mm -hmm. um, you know, Shaka Khan. So it's like right now, my emotions are on remix, but you can definitely find those songs on my playlist. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I have been, so I have to talk about mine. So I have a couple of different playlists that I listen mm -hmm. to, but one of them that I like love so much is the Umbrella Academy playlist, like from that show. That is definitely, I have to be in the right mood to listen to it though, but there's so many like good songs on that soundtrack. Like so, so good. Of course, I can't think of a single one at this moment in yeah. time, but I just I can only I can like think of like the scenes and kind of the music behind it. And it's just like it marries like so perfectly. And it's there's something there's something that happens every time I listen to that. And then other than that, I have like these like late night vibes is the other one that I'm listening to on Spotify right now. Mm -hmm. And it's just like there's something like very sensual and like sexy and very mm -hmm. like chill about it. And I'm like mm -hmm. trying to lean into that part of my mm -hmm. life right now. Yeah. Cause okay. as, as you know, there's like very little chill in me. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm trying to like, I'm trying to embody that chill. <laughs> yeah. But you, you're recognizing it though, you know, and you're like, you said, you're leaning into it and just the experience, experience of chill vibe, sensual like oh my like I'm feeling this it's it, it's to the bone you know I always yeah. say music connects us like you can go into a room it could be you may not know anybody there if you put on one song and everyone knows that everyone knows immediately we are all connected mm -hmm. because now we're singing along we're dancing you know forget the I don't know you or where are you from or why are we here and what's your status or anything like that right now it's just that main character which is that song that is connecting us together in that moment yeah I, love that. I mean yeah. that goes with like what you're saying about like the vibe that you're trying to like mm -hmm. to instill in those spaces too like mm -hmm. that's like the vibe is like the energy the music the people like all kind of like you know just being in sync together in a way 
And, and that's how I envision the community. I, I think back to when I was younger, how um, I grew up and everyone knew everybody in the community. Um, you didn't necessarily have to live right next door to, door to the person. You could live like on three, four streets over. Right. But you knew people in the community. And I feel like we've gotten so far from that because now everyone is like, you know, if I see something, I'm not going to say something. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if you see something, you want to mind your business. But I think it should be to a certain extent. Um, if I move into a community or if I'm living in the community, I want to know my neighbors just in case, you know, something may happen. I may be able to assist my neighbor. Like, yeah. you know, if they can't get to the grocery store, it's like, hey, I'm running to a grocery store on Tuesday. How can I help you? It's all about helping. If I'm an able body and if I realize that someone else is not an able body, it's not hurting me not one bit to extend and say, hey, I'm going to the grocery store or I'm going to the post office. Do you need anything? And I miss that. I really miss that. Like, I don't know if it worked for you, um, but like if the neighbor moved in, you had new neighbors, you bake something for them and you take it to them, mm-hmm. right? You just like, welcome. It's kind of like, welcome to the family. Like you're a part of us now because you know, mortgages nowadays are like 30 years. So it's like, hey, you're going to be here with us for a long time. You might as well get to know you, right? So it's like that. And I miss that part. And I I share these stories with my kids and, and they could clearly see the difference. Like people don't do that nowadays, but that's what I want to see happen. You know, if it's not the actual, you know, here's a, here's a pie, at least it could be, hey, if I see you on the streets or if I see you out uh, walking around, I want to be able to feel, know that I know you and I know what you're you're doing. And I may be like, hey, there's Erin. She's a great consultant. Let me introduce you to her. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of thing. And and that's how we continue to to build the community and make it strong. I am um, with my neighbors recently. I was talking to my neighbor just out in the parking lot um, one day. And I've I've been like reclaiming the space that I have outside to just plant a gazillion different things. It is a hot mess right now, which like I love <laughs> totally. But he I was like, oh, don't worry. I'm going to like, you know, kind of like tidy this up in a little bit. He's like, yeah, it's getting a little out of control. But he, I don't think he meant it to be like a jerk or anything like that. But I was like. No, you're right. So what I did is like there had been all of these like beautiful like teensy purple flowers that had like been sprouted up like everywhere in this space mm-hmm. with like a long stem, but like teensy tiny little purple flowers. So I literally harvested all of them and then gave them to all to the neighbors like in just like a little mason jar. And they like loved it. Everybody, I got a text from another one of the neighbors who was just like, oh my goodness, this is the sweetest thing. And then I was like, I probably should have made sure that the cats, because she has cats. I was like, I hope that it's not poisonous to cats. <laughs> so seems like it's, we're okay right now. <laughs> she hasn't told me anything. It's a thought that counts, Erin. <laughs> <laughs> and and that gives a new meaning to sustainability mm. and recycling and reusing. Mm. <laughs> you know? Yep. I love that. It, I love that. They were just, I'm just like... <laughs> I am like, it's going to be an explosion of flowers and stuff down there. And by the time, by the time this podcast episode comes out, hopefully I'll have pictures to show (laughs) of of all of the just things that I've planted and everything. But there's just something about like, I think to your point, like of just knowing the neighbors and being in community with them and 
I was saying to the neighbor, I'm like, yeah, you know, like, I'm excited to like have this biodiverse space and mm-hmm. to have all of these pollinators coming and so on and so forth. And they were just kind of like, okay, kind of like wackadoo neighbor. But I think that they cared of, they could recognize how much I cared about it and, and they respected it despite the fact that they probably do think I'm a little wackadoo. I don't think that. And whoever thinks that I need to know their name. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, you're you're right though. Like, so how do we? So if we don't have these kinds of things, these natural connections happening in our day to day lives anymore in our communities, like in our immediate communities and neighborhoods, like I love that you're able to kind of see that and do your best to replicate that in other spaces. Mm-hmm. I think it's important, especially for families. You know, if you have now said that New Hampshire, this is going to be your space of living this is where you're going to live, then you have to create that for your children who are growing up. You know, you want them to see you building community so they know how to build community instead of just existing, you know? Um, and, And it's important, you know, you never know who you may be connected to. You may have the same interest. You, you know, you, they may need a hand one day. You may need a hand one day. You just never know. And I I like to share with my boys as well, too, that everyone is experiencing something good or bad. So it does not hurt to be kind if you're walking past your neighbor, say hello. That may change their day. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're walking past someone in a grocery store, you, you know, say hello if if it warrants that. But you always want to be kind. And I feel like that I have I am that example for my children just so they can continue to carry that on as well. And you know what? It's not just me as well. It's the both of us. It's the parent, the, the father, their father as well, too, um, who plays a great role and part in the just seeing them be successful as young men um, and then being African-American men in New Hampshire. So those are different types of conversations, but you, you just have to know what is right and what is wrong. It's no gray. It's no in-between. It's just you're either you're right, you're wrong. And just to be kind, it does not cost anything for you to be kind or to smile. Yeah. So the simplest things that are free. Mm. It's so important. One of the things I wanted to ask you is just how do you take care of yourself in this work? Because this shit is hard. Mm-hmm. And I think to an extent, like all of this kind of love that you're putting out into the community, I know is coming back to you in so many ways too. But I also know that there's probably some time that you have to set aside for yourself to just to, you know, to give yourself that kind of energy. I do. Um, I work out a ton. <laughs> I work out a lot. I know. I've seen you. Um, I feel like your arms are just like, your yeah. <laughs> are like my go- workout goals. <laughs> Not going to lie. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, so that that's how I do it. You know, I, I said that I must make this commitment to myself. I have it in my calendar. So I don't make appointments during my workout times. And that's just to hold myself accountable. And if I look at my calendar and someone wants to schedule something during that time, it's an automatic no, because this is my time for me. And it's very important to have that. I like to work out at the top of the day. Well, it's the summertime. So now I'm just finding space to fit it in. 
um, mm-hmm. after kind of enter- entertaining the kids. But normally it will be the first thing in the morning for me to go ahead and get it out of the way. And then I start my day because I don't want to get into my day where it can become so hectic or something gets thrown into the schedule. And then now I don't have my workout. So I'm not a happy person. And I've been doing that for a while now. And I found that to be one of the things that really, really makes me happy. And I know that when I don't work out, I can definitely feel it. Now, I can say it took a while for me to get there with the own, you know, I'll go to the gym, I'll be doing good for a while, then I'll stop. And then I'll start back up again. And that has just been over the the years. But this last time I made a commitment to myself and I said, you're going to do this. You're not going to stop. You're going to start and you're going to continue to keep going. Even if you don't work out one day, you better get back up and and get back on board the next day. And that's how I talk to myself. And another Mm -hmm. thing too, uh, Aaron, I've started to talk to myself more. Um, So Mm -hmm. like, you know, just those words of encouragement and words of power, like you are strong and you are beautiful, or you got this girl, you know, and you can do this. Or, you know, if it, if it wasn't meant for you to do, then it wouldn't be present in front of you right now. You know, it wouldn't be an opportunity. So I've learned to do that more. And that helps as well too, for me to kind of like stay on, stay focused and out of my head and just give those small self-talks. And I, I shared in my uh, TED talk uh, that I became my number one hype girl. So I would just, I would hype myself up any, any way possible where it was a dance, you know, I put on a song and I'll dance and I'm just like, okay, real, I'm ready to tackle this now. Or it could be a song to where it's like, okay, now I'm thinking, I'm just writing down thoughts and ideas on a piece of paper. So that's my self-care regimen between working out and dancing. Yeah. I mean, the kindness. I I just had um, a chiropractor appointment today. I love my chiropractor. And we were just talking about all these things. And she was like, you just spoke with such kindness for yourself. And that was like a really profound like reflection for me to hear because Mm I, I actually, I don't think I was quite aware of like how negatively and how kind of almost punitive I am with myself at times to be be like, oh my goodness, this is happening. And it's like, I got to just figure out how to figure it out or whatever. It was like, no, I'm going to figure this out. And it's a challenge right now, but it's not forever. It just was, it was really lovely. So I'm, I'm like so excited that you're doing, that you're talking to yourself like that, because I think we all need more of that in our lives. We all need to be our own hype girls. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, we do. And hype however you want to do it. Another thing that I learned too, as I mature as an adult, is grace, giving myself grace and not being so hard on myself because we are our own worst critics, right? It's like, as you were saying, but when we say, hey, it's okay, you have to believe that, not just say it, you have to believe it, right? Because we could just say it's okay. And then next thing you know, we go close the door and it's like, ah. You know, it's like, ah, you know, but you have to say it's okay and really allow it to register and know that it, it is okay. Now that it's okay, now how do I move forward? You know, just kind of like taking it nice and gentle, kind of like it reminds me of like the grandmother where, you know, you fall down and you run to grandma and she just hugs you and she tells you, it's okay, it's okay, it'll be okay. And just that comfort of knowing that 
someone is there or you're there for you, like you have to be there for you. That feeling is is something that you want to have in those moments. And just think about that grandma, you know, like who's sitting there and it's like, it's okay. It'll be fine. You can do this. You got this. Take it slow. What's next? You know? So yeah, it's just, I hear, I hear that grandmother's voice. I definitely have had those grandmothers um, that kind of, I I can relate to that. But I also, one of the things my grandmother used to say to me, uh, my grandma Wheeler is what we called her was your ass is grass and I'm the lawnmower. So she had a very, a bit of a different kind of. (laughs) Oh, trust me. I had those too. I had those too. I'm not saying that all grandmas like that, but. (laughs) But. (laughs) I was like legit terrified of my grandma. Not, no, that sounds bad. I was not legit terrified of her, but she was intense. She could be very intense and also very loving, but very yeah. intense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That those are the old school grandmas. Yeah. The new school grandmas, I'm not sure about. <laughs> <laughs> my grandmother was actually my bus driver when I was in elementary school. Mm-hmm. And I remember my my very dear friend Nathan, um, who I've known, you know, for the last 32 years or so. He came to my like birthday party. And he saw, you know, Grandma Wheeler there. And he was like, what is Mrs. Wheeler doing at your birthday party? And I was like, oh, that's my grandmother. (laughs) And he was like terrified. He was like, oh, no. (laughs) I bet he does not remember that. I should I should ask him. Um, But it was it was a really it's a funny thing to just kind of think back that like about how other people experience your grandmother. You know, it's such a it's so um, it's so very interesting. (laughs) And those are the memories, you know, those are the memories you look back on and you can kind of like, you know, take it for what it's worth at, at the moment and now too. Um, but just the memories, I just love the memories, whether they were good or bad. It's just, I think it just built the character and into the person of who you are today. And that, that speaks for anyone. It's just when you have those, they, they supported and loved you in a different way, right? Mm-hmm. They supported us and loved us in a different way because that's what they knew. That's what was probably taught to them. And it's taken me to be like this mature adult to realize that it wasn't, I don't think it was like, at least I can speak for myself. It wasn't a way of wanting to be mean all the time. Mm -hmm. It was just a way of them showing love, how they knew how to express it. And then now you have to kind of like internalize that as you get older and say, hey, do I want to go that route or do I want to try to incorporate something different and go another route? Hmm. And that's the choice that you can make. And I love that. I love that you have that um, kind of like a a starting point. You know, you have that starting point. And it's like, OK, how do I go with this? Do I make it better? Do I change some things to make it work for me? So, yeah. So, yeah. Like kind of honor that lineage while also mm-hmm. charting your own path. Right. Mm. Absolutely. Where do you find hope in the going. midst of all of it? I find it knowing that what I am doing is making people feel good yeah. and making people smile. That's that's where I am with the with um hope to keep going because it's needed. I haven't, 
I haven't felt like I'm doing something wrong. I haven't felt like it doesn't feel bad to me. This feels good to me, what I'm doing and the space I'm in. Mm. So that's what keeps me going. Yeah. Yeah. That feeling of like alignment, probably. Mm. My very last question for you is just, what does it mean to you to give a damn? Uh, Showing up as my best self and how I know who I am. Like, just showing up, giving what I know, being who I am, and not trying to do it any other way than the Courtney way. You are a unique, beautiful soul. Thank you. I'm so, so grateful to have this conversation with you today. Thank you for having me. It has been a great time chatting with you, Erin, as always. Rise and Rouse is created and hosted by me, Erin Allgood. It is produced and edited by Steph George of Stefania Audio. Production support from Grace Cleary Morin and Yana Krasanova. Our theme music is written and produced by Chris Marion. If you enjoyed this conversation, please leave a five-star rating and review to help us reach more people. Make sure to follow Rise and Browse wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss your chance to hear from someone who gives a damn. Follow us on Instagram at Rise and Rouse and sign up for my newsletter by going to allgoodstrategies.com. <laughs>